Welcome to the UGA Sports Live Show. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Jim Donna, the Georgia Bulldogs former head coach and the Hall of Fame uh, member inductee and basically our superhero. We appreciate him coming on with us every Tuesday and doing the Saturday Watch Long, which you know, a lot of people tuned in this past Saturday to get coaches' thoughts on the uh, Georgia-Auburn game, and uh, it, it was worth it, I tell you. We had a great time on Saturday, and we appreciate him joining us again here on Tuesday. Of course, Dane Young is with us, uh, pushing all the little buttons, making sure everything works, and uh, occasionally giving us his opinion that we will ridicule him for relentlessly. We'll just go after him for uh, being wrong. So. You have to have that uh, uh, that foil in the show, you know. You got to have that that heel, the bad guy that we're all just going to rip on. So glad glad Dane's here, Coach. Uh, I, we talked about the Auburn game. You know, you, you did the watch long with us. You gave us a lot of insights, especially when Georgia was uh, struggling to stop the run, how the quarterback was getting around the edges, uh, edge play. You gave a lot of insights into it. You said the things that Georgia would do to get it fixed. That's exactly what happened. And then we all got to watch the Brock Bauer show. So it's very enjoyable. Uh, from a dramatic standpoint, me personally, I like the 65 to seven games. I think that's, you know, we can have a lot more fun. I don't like being that tense through a game, but uh, it was, you, you were dead on in that game. And for the people that may have missed kind of what went down, give us your kind of overall recap after going back and watching the uh, Georgia Auburn game and how that pertains to this uh, Kentucky team coming in, who has a very different, but very, very effective run game. Well, first thing I want to point out is just how difficult it is to win and to win every game. Uh, I was doing a little research today, and the ultimate uh, football powers among which they get paid more than anybody, NFL, after four weeks, there's two teams that haven't lost a game, two out of 32. Wow. San Francisco and uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia went to overtime against the Washington Commanders, a rebuilding team. So, it's just a very tough environment now to try to dominate like everybody uh, has seen Georgia do and seen some teams that have been so good that uh, if you don't have your best stuff going against everybody, the problem you got is you're going to get their best shot. And we saw an older team go out there and take care of the ball, have a great kicking game do a really good, except for one kick return that we got, and really uh, played good field position. And without even much of a threat of a passing game, took advantage of some of the mistakes we made on defense and took some chances with their own defense and played us a heck of a game. So first thing I want to do is give credit to Auburn for uh, you know playing up to their ability and playing within the framework. I also want to send a – I don't know. What do you call those contributions that we call when he, when he send in to uh, a super chat, super chat to uh, Hugh freeze because he needs the money but <laughs> for him to not put uh, Robbie Ashford. Ashford. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there after that play and to never run that play again. The rest of the game just mystifies me. He's a good coach. I mean, a really good coach, but, Somebody's got to keep up with that. We didn't have, we, you know, they were running the outside zone with the quarterback keeping it after we stopped the inside zone with the quarterback keeping it outside. And, but they never went back to it and never put him back in the game. So thank goodness they didn't. Maybe we would have stopped it. Maybe we would have adjusted, but I do want to send them a super chat. So I'm going to send them 99 cents. <laughs> uh, so, but getting back to our team. I was really pleased with the way we were able to come back and make enough plays. But 
offensively, I've already said about their defense. We had, uh, and Kirby mentioned it yesterday in his press conference, which I felt the same thing. We had a lot of good defensive plays where we stuck them, uh, uh, struck the uh, opponent, but we had people out of position. Uh, You've got to play uh, position football within our defense. If you've got the outside, if you've got the quarterback, if you've got uh, the spy, you can't go play another guy and let the quarterback run for seven. So we made more mental mistakes than I've seen a Georgia defense make in a long time. And, uh, you know, like I've told you on the show, you know, a lot of games are lost. They're not won. And that could have been lost with the mental errors. When you couple that with two turnovers, both of them on our end of the field, uh, and uh, not a really good running game, then it's a recipe for losing. So we can analyze and psychoanalyze and do all that. But the things that I think that we need to do better is play technique better on defense assignment better on defense, maybe run the ball toward a, a bunch set where we have the edge secured better on offense. We're getting hit by unblocked guy a lot, even when we block people and continue to uh, emphasize the fact that we don't have, you know, a plethora of running backs. So we've got to do ways to manufacture some run game with either with more jet sweeps or screens and, and find a way for some of these receivers now that McConkey's getting back and we we saw some things from Ra Ra and some things earlier with Lovett and Rosemary. Receivers have got to do some of the things that Bowers are doing. He just is doing. You just can't catch the ball and make a first down. You got to catch it and run with it, make you miss, because those are open field plays that don't have to be blocked to get to that position. So those are the things that I think we're going to see improvement on against Kentucky. And certainly Kentucky deserves a lot of credit for the way they played Saturday in a big game. I mean, they dominated that football game, but let's get real. It was Florida freaking Gators, not the red badge of coverage they were playing against. So uh, the Florida Gators, to me, uh, defensively showed you how not to play defensive football. And LSU took a, a really good page out of that Saturday night. Do not tackle. Do not play gap control. Don't cover people and just throw your hands up in the air when you're not sure what to do. Florida was terrible. And uh, I think Davis is a good back. He's a really good back. But so was the guy they had two years ago when they came down here and we stoned them. Now we had better defensive players in the front then, but uh, I I think that there's a cause for concern here. But I will remind you of a couple things. We're playing at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night in Athens, Georgia, and a place that we haven't lost two terms, Trump and Biden. We have not lost uh, in a long time here. So we got to get our fans involved. We got to make some necessary adjustments. But I always like to make those adjustments after a big win instead of after a demoralizing loss. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, my my – cup right now is trending towards half full more than half empty because I see Bowers playing like he is, the way we're manufacturing plays to him. I see Bullard back. I see Michael Williams back. I see McConkie back. And I see Beck getting more and more confidence, although there's plays that he could certainly do better. It's so I pretty much covered the whole damn show here in the <laughs> uh, That was my 
I haven't talked on these shows since uh, the watch along and Roddy's been on 24 seven since then. So I tried to get my get. <laughs> you better get in, get in while you can. I'll cut you off. Yeah, yeah. Coach, I would be more concerned if yeah, interview with Oprah coming up or what <laughs> is Dion coming on with some chicken commercials or what do we got? Yeah, I'll take a fraction of that money. I, I'd be a bit more concerned with Kentucky if Devin Leary was a mobile quarterback. But if you look at his rushing stats, over, I mean, he's played a lot of college football and it's, it's in the pocket. That's where he is. And exactly. he, they, they play the style that we, that our defense was built on stopping the run and then, uh, you know, forcing some nickel situations, uh, you know, and we've been very successful against that, but it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. This is a new identity. These guys got to step up and they got to play well. Uh, I thought our corners did some better things the other day. That play Everett made was huge stripping the ball, but uh, we still continue to make penalties and we're going against probably the best set of receivers that we played, uh, you know, probably since Ohio State. Just the fact these guys are, are really quick with uh, twitch guys. And this guy's got a Tommy gun arm, but he, he throws it so hard sometimes that you can't even intercept it. I, I mean, guys miss it. But he, he throws a lot of misplaced balls too. So got to hope playing on the road and uh, – the hope that they maybe have a false sense of thinking they're better than they are. This team was into the third quarter against Eastern Kentucky and they weren't on top. I mean, they were having a hard time. Eastern Kentucky was stoning them a one double A team. So, uh, but, you know, and Kirby made reference to the fact that this was really how they put it all together, but they are physical. They're well coached and you got to respect all teams, but fear none. That's a good point. That's kind of a, uh, you mentioned what Kirby said yesterday. And I mean, he was very, very respectful of Kentucky as he should be. And, you know, he's not going to give them anything, but he did kind of allude to the fact that they put it all together last Saturday against Florida. And there are a lot of misconceptions I, th that I have. So my thought was, that's like the first time I actually watched him. I think I was walking and uh, listening to the play by play. And I'm like, wow, they're just running all over everybody. And Kirby kind of pointed out, they haven't done that all year. Nobody has done that all year. Nobody's just lined up and ran it down to someone's throat. And that's not who Kentucky is. And a lot of our fans are thinking, well, Georgia can't stop the run. Look how much they ran on him. I'm like, well, a lot of that was a quarterback. And that's, you know, Smile Munden. Exactly. Kirby mentioned yesterday, you know, running quarterback. It's, it's an extra person out there, the extra hat, as they say that uh, you haven't accounted for. And they, they hadn't done that all year. So they basically, uh, it was good coaching. They came up with something Georgia was uh, susceptible to and got him. But the idea that Kentucky it's is just a running one. team, you know, that's all they do. Again, that's the conception you got from last week. So it's a little bit different. Uh, you're, you're shooting down a lot of narratives, coach. Yeah, we got 67 yards in one place, 17 on another. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, Georgia, instead of being in the top 10 in the country on rushing defense, like 47 or something like that of yards per play. We're giving up a whole lot more yards per play, but this is going to be a game of winning third down. You watch last year's game. We stopped them on third and fourth down several times uh, in, in big situations. Of course, Carter was jumping around and making those plays, but, and Ringo had the interception in the end zone, but and it was I, think, six I, think they, I think they're probably better in the O-line. Running back is similar to the one they had, maybe a little quicker. Uh, quarterback hasn't had near the success that, that the guy that's in the pros has, but he has 
some ability. There's no question about it. And defensively, they're just so sound. They don't give you anything easy, but they, uh, you know, they make you work for it. But uh, I just feel like offensively we're starting to roll a little bit uh, as far as getting some identity from the standpoint of who the playmakers are. We know that 30 can go in there and run the ball. We know that 86 can go in there. We might probably got to manufacture more touches for him. And in his, in fairness to him, he wants to be a receiver. I mean, he knows that's where his niche is, and he's a team guy, but I just don't see us playing him full-time at running back right now, particularly if Milton continues to get back. I don't think he was able to go full speed all week. I didn't use him, but uh, we just got to coach around our strengths and make up for our weaknesses and uh, and realize that, uh, look, nothing like playing at home to, to get you going. I mean, 7 o'clock at home, come on. Kirby talks about how physical these games have been with Kentucky in recent years. And if you look at the scores from recent years, they are close games. But at no point in watching these games, and we've been doing the watch-along show for a couple of years with Georgia-Kentucky now, at no point in these games have I had a doubt that Georgia was going to win it. I don't. I think it's going to be similar to that this coming week. Take the under of this. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah, I think based on the M.O. of both teams, but uh... – I just got this feeling that we're going to all of a sudden, you know, I can't say the the man term about what happens when a guy gets starting to play, but I'd like to you say. say they're going to drop their nuts. It's okay. It's YouTube. Well, <laughs> I'll say it for you. Georgia's going to drop its nuts and do what they're supposed to do. A couple of these receivers like Lovin and Ra-Ra get any kind of success like they are potential, they potentially yeah. have. To go with Bowers, and we know that Lad is going to do it. I mean, you watch him. I mean, that was money for us last week, four big-time receptions. And we didn't use him any in some of the stuff that he does best, the reverses. the. Yeah, why did, did Georgia run any reverses, any jet sweeps? No, we really didn't. I don't know. But uh, uh, but the, the point is, I think we, we used him accordingly to what we felt like we could – maybe get by with and now he's got to feel good about making it through that being being put through that kind of strain and now maybe he can continue to build on it as as all of us know you got to build up game conditioning too it's nothing like running like people don't realize how far a guy runs when the play's not even uh going on i mean whether you're running out of the hole or running back to the line of scrimmage or whatever it might be there's a lot of uh, conditioning involved in that. So uh, I feel good about McConkie and the way that I know as a coach that everybody kind of builds off of the fact that you know that he's going to do it. Just like we know what we got in Brock, we know the same thing with McConkie. I mean, our players, our coaches, our defensive players, they feel good about the fact that when he's out there, something good's going to happen because he's either going to require more coverage and lesser on uh, Bowers, or if more on Bowers, one on one, he's hard to stop. So uh, I, I feel, again, half full, a lot more than half empty. McConkey pretty much ran the same route four times on those first downs. It seemed to me they didn't want him to get hit, but each time he shook Auburn's defender and he caught it, and the defender was about three yards away. It was so impressive. 
Yeah, he, he did. The one route that he ran was against more of a zone look where he had a zone corner and he broke the out where the guy was trying to play a man concept. And then the other ones where we had, you know, the smash concept where the two on one where Bowers in the flat and then he was running off the safety and and it was a high low and they and the corner bid on Bowers and he broke it out. It's the same area of the field for sure, but uh, it looked like they they knew exactly where he was going to be Beck and uh, McConkey and he felt and we saw the same thing to Rah Rah on a really big out route when he looked like he hurt his leg a little bit. So the one thing you got with uh, Beck is he's got such a, a velocity that he can throw the ball when the guy's in a tight window there. He's got to be careful over the middle. Uh, a lot of those plays were close the other day. We got an interception on one and the ones the Bowers were. Within a Nats ass of being knocked down, but uh, he's got no fear going over the middle with that laser. I mean, the ball is not, he's not lofting him out there, he's throwing head height. And I could see one of these defensive linemen jumping up to box, knock it down and getting that ball right, right off his face mask, you know, <laughs> to yeah, pull he, it out with the jaws of life. Got good velocity. Uh, he does. So, uh, before we get to some of the questions here, I do want to touch on Carson Beck. Uh, I thought that, you know, Two weeks ago, there was some, you know, he missed a, a couple deep balls and there was a lot of criticism of him. And I'm like, did you guys watch the same game I did where they had, you know, had six touchdown drives in a row? You know, yes, he missed um, two long passes. And then this week, uh, they threw one to Oscar Delp that, I mean, Delp dropped one and then there was a long pass that wasn't quite there. And I'm like, I get that, you know, there's a criticism that maybe they don't, doesn't have the touch or they're not completing the long passes down the field. But when you can throw it, you know, to Brock Bowers and he picks up 40 yards and, you know, it's working. He's had back-to-back 300-yard games. He only, he's only had two interceptions through five games. Um, he's getting you in the right play calls. I think a lot of the hand-wringing is that he's not perfect because, I mean, we love the long ball. We love the deep pass over the middle, down the edge. You love knowing that that's in your bag. Georgia hasn't really had it, but then, you know, Georgia hasn't had his you know, huge breakout runner. So I'm with you. I'm like – if you if you're looking for perfect, maybe getting Kendall Milton back, getting Dejon Edwards, you know that kind of one-two punch, you know, supplemented by Cash Jones and uh, you know the uh, uh, Bell, and all your pass game that's working so effectively. Maybe if you hit on one of those two long ones, you know, maybe to Arian Smith on a go route or something like that, then you have that. You finally have that full confidence. But I'm like, you should have confidence in your offense right now because you're, yeah, you're not scoring 45 points a game, but you're winning ball games with a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah, we got to be careful about not starting like we need to. I think that's one thing we haven't had yeah, very good first both conference games. But the one thing that is a salient stat, and of all the teams in the SEC, we've got more passes over 10 yards than any team in the league. So that's yeah, most, the narrative would not support that. No one believes that. I mean, yeah. I, I know you're right, but it's just, it doesn't seem that way. Well, I mean, because we miss, we miss some balls, exactly. times, but, and I'm not in the process of trying to defend anybody or uh, if, if I felt like I need to get on my high horse, I would, and you know it, but I, I feel like I agree with the fans that we haven't looked as good as it, as I thought we would when I watched us in the, in the fall camp a couple of times, we we're, we've got a long way to go to get to that point, but we've experienced some bumps in the roads with, a, with, a, with certainly some injuries and then, some, you know, shooting yourself in the foot with missed blocks and all that. But 
Fumbles. Like protection for the most part. Very few sacks, very few lost yardage plays. You realize that in the last two games, Texas A&M has had 15 plays where they got the other team behind the line of scrimmage, either a sack or a lost yardage run. 30 plays in the last two games for that Texas A&M front seven. That's incredible. I don't care who you're playing. Nobody's done that in a long time. So uh, lost yardage plays are big. They're huge on getting the team off the field. And we got to do more of that on defense and continue to not have those on offense. Well, to to your point, I can think of in the last three or four – well, last three games – at least four drives where Georgia's everything's going right for Georgia. Then they make a penalty on themselves. They commit a penalty and they get behind the sticks and the drive dies. It's uh, like you said, that one lost yardage play and you got to feel confident as a Georgia fan. If you stop them and get any other team behind the sticks and then all of a sudden it's third and eight and they roll out that Jaguar package. The coach talks about here comes, you know, Dare Smith and Jalen Walker and, you know, uh, who's, who's the line, down lineman in that situation. Well, you got Sori in there, Walker, and uh, yeah. sometimes Hall, but Brinson. Yeah, Jordan Hall, that was the guy I was trying to think of. You know, it's, it's, sometimes you bring a, a big guy in the middle. You know, like, Georgia's getting the ball back. <laughs> you just know it because, hey, converting third and one. And, and Kurt, Coach, I'm going to get your thought about this because I thought this is very insane. I want to point one other thing out about the game, and then we'll get – but, you know, you, you, everybody talks about playing in, on the road, first game, all that. We didn't have one penalty where we jumped offside or had a motion penalty. And, and that crowd, and I, I've talked to some people that were there, they said it was unbelievable noise factor, you know, because Auburn's been so down that they got the sense that they might have a chance and it made it even worse. But we didn't do that at all. We did have a play where one of our receivers covered up Bowers and that was a misalignment and he was an ineligible receiver downfield. But that's good coaching. That's good preparation not to have any of those kind of penalties. And and the holding penalties, knock on wood, we're not getting those either. Uh, so we're doing good things as far as not beating ourselves, except the two biggest parts were the two in, the one interception and the one fumble. Yep. It's uh, pass interference. Yeah, the pass interference. About offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, always Mr. Negative. I'm like me, who's just, who's just sunshine and, and roses and puppies. That's a, that's a real issue with our team to me. we got to decide, is it worth taking the risk of a penalty or maybe playing more zone in those situations? That's a good point. Right, we got a lot of questions that came in at UGASports.com. We're going to get to them, but first I want to mention our friends over at Your Pie. Uh, this past week uh, when we are getting ready to watch the uh, uh, Auburn game, I swung by your pie. I picked up the Philly cheesesteak that's on the screen there. The Philly cheesesteak pizza, it was really good. We also got the uh, buffalo chicken one. Uh, I had some of that. Dane ordered that one. I, of course, stole some of his. Uh, Coach got the uh, Lineage Supreme. Great pizza. Uh, we could have gotten gelato. We could have gotten breadsticks. We could have gotten all this other stuff. But we just all got the brownie, too, and you didn't get it. You texted me late. If you text me earlier, Coach would have had a brownie. They have fantastic brownies there. So if you want uh, a gelato, that's fantastic stuff over there. And they have the pumpkin spice gelato now and the limoncello jello. So uh, gelato. So the limoncello, uh, having gone to Italy over the summer, I'm hooked on that stuff. I'm probably going to get diabetes from it. I'm just telling you, check out uh, your pie. Get fantastic 
pizzas, salads, pastas, breadsticks, and stuff like that. You'll absolutely love it. And do it. Order today. Even if you're not going to eat it today, go ahead and order today and say, I'm going to pick it up Wednesday, pick it up Thursday, pick it up pick it up this Saturday for the, the uh, Kentucky game, and you'll get double points because it's double points Tuesday. I also want to mention our friends over at MyPerfectFranchise.net. That's Andy Ludecki. He basically – his job is to take anybody who's interested in getting a franchise. You know, he's got 3,000 to choose from. He talks to you. It's all free. He doesn't charge you anything. You can call him. You can text him. You can write him. You can uh, fax him, email, whatever you want. And he will help walk you through the the concepts involved. It's like, what are you looking to do? What are your goals? Uh, here's some goals to consider. Here's some things to consider. Here's some industries to consider. And I can tell you right now that the franchisees that he has helped, a lot of them are Georgia fans. A lot of them are Texas fans. A lot of them are uh, in the rivals network. He's worked with a lot of company, a lot of sites to get people into these businesses. And there are some very, very happy uh, Georgia Bulldog fans, people who are watching the show today who are now running their own business. Thanks to Andy Ledecky. And it didn't cost them a dime. So uh, at least his services didn't. So, Reach out to MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy Ludecki, he will get you squared away. We'll get to questions from UGASports.com. But, Coach, I had one I wanted to start with. Because after the game, we did film Don't Lie. I said on our shows, I thought that was one of Smile Munden's worst games I've seen at Georgia. And I'm not being personal with that. I'm just saying I'm used to seeing him play better, not be as confused, not be spun around. And then he gets SEC player, defensive, SEC defensive player of the week. Am I just wrong? What am I missing? Yeah, you're wrong. Well, I'd say he's half and half. I mean, uh, he he definitely had some plays that could have been better. But to get the SEC Player of the Week, uh, I mean, I don't think our coaches would recommend him for that unless he, he did what they were asking him to do. So I'd have to say you're wrong. Just All right, of what, but what they what they're doing. But uh, I haven't studied it like you guys go over there and find coop the find coop uh, comb the the film and. Do a good job of breaking it down. I, I don't really worry about that because uh, I'm going on to the next opponent. There's not much you can do about that. Maybe you can improve the next week. But uh, I, I think Munden is uh, slowly getting back in, in form. Uh, we're playing a lot of guys there. You know, you know 33's playing. You know, 33 kind of got caught off guard there on that long run. But uh, – let me tell you something. Playing defense against a triple option team or against a read offense is all. I mean, I coached it. I mean, some of these plays I invented because, and that's no ego, but I mean, we had to do that at Oklahoma. We had to get different ways to run it because everybody's always stopping these everything we did. So we had to come with other ways to do things instead of reading the four eye tackle. We started going to the midline where we were reading actually a one technique. A lot of different things that you got to change up, and I thought it was really good the way Freeze and Montgomery ran that uh, inside zone to get out of a pistol, but wrapped around the the had two two people coming around the lead block, and we, they had it sealed there, and, and our team hadn't seen that. We got caught inside, but uh, only you know that's why you got to have an opinion. There's nothing wrong with that, Dane, and people are right and people are wrong, but. Uh, in, in this case, I think Munden could have played better, but obviously he played pretty good. I guess I just didn't know how the awards were given or what role Georgia has in that when it comes from the league office. Well, what happens is it's kind of like preseason all-conference. We didn't put Love It or Rah-Rah uh, on the preseason because they hadn't played here, and everybody votes on the list that you give them. And each week, uh, 
Claude Felton comes in there and asks the coaches to recommend somebody for special teams player of the week, freshman of the week, offensive lineman of the week, back of the week, all that. And you, you turn it in and then the, uh, then the SEC media people pick it. So, uh, we wouldn't recommend somebody that wasn't worthy, I don't think. I mean, like Kirby said, hey, you know, my, my played horseshit. We need to get his morale up. Let's recommend him for a, I mean, our players would know that pretty uh, My thing with Munden was um, when you have 11 tackles, okay, that's not unusual for an inside linebacker, George, or even a safety. But when you have nine solos, I'm like, look, I, I, can't, I can't rip you there. Uh, even if you're out of place, nine solo tackles, I'm not – we're good. We're good. But no, I, again, I don't break it down like you guys do. Y'all do a fantastic job. And y'all need to check out the uh, uh, run defense section of Film Don't Lie at UJSports.com. It is really well done. It was, that was a good breakdown over there. Yeah, you did see C.J. Allen get in a lot, him and Munden together, even with Dumas Johnson off the field sometimes. So there, there's a bit of a rotation happening there right now. Yeah, and Phil uh, was asking about freshmen that played. And, you know, uh, Coach, you called this three weeks ago, well, before the South Carolina game. You said that you were going to expect Georgia to shrink down its rotations for SEC play. And we saw the same thing with the defensive linemen, the, the defensive backs, the wide receivers. It it shrunk down. They they went with their, their horses. In the, I guess, you uh, got to do that. I mean, there comes a point where there's a reason why a guy's first team. And, got, and it's okay when you're playing some of these games where you, you know, uh, outmatching people and building up depth and everything. But uh, I remember last year at listening – uh, one day when I was over there and, and Kirby was talking uh, and he said, hey, we don't need to be subbing Carter much. We need him in there. He ain't going to be here for long. This is a last <laughs> couple games. We don't need to be taking him out. And he was right. I mean, and I'm sure that, that Trey was thinking the same thing. But, hey, let, let's don't save Carter for Philadelphia. Let's get <laughs> him in there, you know. <laughs> Let's get questions from UGASports.com from GATA Dog. Says, according to PFF, Georgia ran zone on 18 plays at Auburn Saturday, ran gap scheme on just six. Uh, Georgia's best runs on Saturday came when the gap scheme was going on. So why was Mike Bobo adamant of running at the teeth of defense when it didn't consistently work? Where's he getting this? Uh, according to PFF, where those numbers came from, the rest of it is. They, uh, they watch what our plays are and say what we did. Yeah. I think it's easy after the game to certainly reassess. And it, uh, maybe going into the game, you, you thought we could block these guys easier with zone and gap. And that's why you had more of them that kept thinking. And a lot of times you'll have a play and it'll be blocked perfectly except for one guy coming in. And I mentioned this to Roddy uh, on the watch along show sitting beside me. I said, they've got a guy on the edge every time that's making this play outside in. We got to take care of that. And we started doing a better job of, of, of that. But we also started pulling linemen to take care of that and also running to the tight end side where we had the extra guy there. And But gap scheme to me is a, is a kind of a like a gasoline enema. You know what I mean? It just gets you going, man. I mean, it's just really – there's nothing better than just to block down on people and get it rolling. And I like gap. I really do. I haven't had a gasoline in in a long time, but it, at least a week. It definitely gets you going. 
From Billy Zane, can you expound on what it means when coaches say we're trying to find our identity? It just seems pretty vague and maybe coach speakish. Uh, our identity on offense is to be multiple, and we just need to be more consistent and hit plays when they're there, in Billy's opinion. Well, Billy makes a good point. And when you talk about identity, I mean, what's your what's your meat and potatoes? What's your go-to stuff when you know, when you got to do it? And you know, we haven't shown a real propensity for being able to hammer and tong the ball. A lot of reasons they're losing Mims, switching your left guard to right tackle, not having uh, Washington back, you know, uh, not having a lot of depth at tight end. So we're running more to a, a, a wide receiver slot, split in tight instead of tight end bunch group. So we're going to have to – now we've played these games. Uh, let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, our passing game has been a controlled passing game, and guys run after the catch not many. We're hitting more intermediate routes. We haven't thrown the ball behind the line a lot. But uh, as far as the identity, it's, it's uh, hey, when you pick up the film and look at it or look at the stats, you're saying, hey, those Georgia Bulldogs, boy, they're real – uh, multiple team they can throw and run. You know, you don't see that with us right now. We're not, we're not a team that can run it when the other team knows we're going to run it uh, consistently. I heard Tate Radledge talk about that when he was interviewed yesterday, and we've just got to hit on all cylinders a little bit. But I don't think he's being vague. I just think he says, kind of like what I'm saying. We we don't we haven't established something where. As we, as Coach Bill Dooley said, we got some bread and butter. We can go to our bread and butter. We're going to run 44 and 45. I don't care what they line up in. We're going <laughs> to run 44 and 45. Very butters. And of course, it's always, it's always us asking questions. Coach, do you know your identity? And I'm sure yeah. Kirby just rolls the damn eyes. Well, he, he's Kirby Smart from Bainbridge, uh, Georgia. <laughs> this is a fun one. Go dogs 1371. How did Coach Switzer deal with entitled fans who expect games to be played by recruiting rankings? That how did Coach Switzer do it? How did Coach Switzer deal with entitled fans who expect games to be played by recruiting rankings? Well, you know, you got to be result oriented, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we had some years out there where we didn't rank it quite as high in recruiting as we did other years. But uh, I just think everything's got to be done on the field. Uh, Texas A&M last year is a good example of it. This year they're showing a little bit better results from those high classes. But, uh, you know, social media just makes it so much harder for everybody because it's easy to have an opinion. You know, you can – Go on TikTok. You can you can do your own YouTube. You can do whatever you want to. Facebook Reel, and and make an opinion, and people are going to listen to it. But uh, reality is, it's a very like I talked on the get go. It's a very tough deal to sustain winning at the level you need to. And I mean, I've been involved with it in two situations here. Not as much here now because I'm not a coach or involved in the program much. But uh, you know, Oklahoma, we. We won on a high level. Marshall, we won on a high level. But you just so – you can't enjoy the wins because you're so worried about losing one game. I mean, uh, I don't think Kirby worries about it as much as the fans do, but uh, eventually we're going to lose one. I mean, I don't know when it's going to be, but uh, the fans – and I said this when the season started, 
this is a heck of a ride here. You, you got to enjoy it more than you got to be chapped about it. Good Lord. I mean, that's got to be fun to go over there and come back and see a play team play with adversity stricken team, not play that great and still win on the road. I mean, people love, should be, be rejoicing it. I know I hadn't seen Kirby throw his visor in the stands many times. From Big Fatty 94, Coach, I think Saturday showed us more in a narrow victory than the 65-7 to title win. Five games in, I believe the Russ got knocked off, and this team, even though it's been hit with injuries and adversity, I look for rated R things to happen against Kentucky Saturday night. Do you believe, though, that the slow offensive starts are hurting Georgia more on offense or on defense? I think uh, it's a very good analysis. I think if, if you just look at it, our defense is built on stopping the run and all that, but it's also situational where we can use all these different packages. They're a lot easier to use them when you're playing from ahead than when it's even or behind. You know, you've got to take more chances to get the other team off the field if you're trying to come from behind uh, on defense. Whereas if you're ahead, you got to make that other team make a play and keep them. Uh, you know, don't give them anything easy, but but maybe not take quite as many chances. And then offensively, uh, you know, I used to say Tom Osborne was a great play caller when they were up 28 to nothing. Boy, he had a three for him. He could really throw, throw a flea flicker, run reverse and all. But when the damn band was playing as three to three, and he couldn't stick a, something up his butt. I mean, he, he was tight and uh, he was a good coach, but and I'm sure I was too, but it's just different. Free flowing when you, you know, hey, like you can just spin the roulette. Well, hey, what do you want to run next or get in the hole? I mean, things are working. So, uh, but I do feel like we got to do a little bit better job of of curtailing the the uh, experimental stuff in certain, you know, filling them out. We got to make sure that we use our best players in best situations and and make sure that they, after the game, you don't look at, it, I wish we'd hand the ball to so and so so much or whatever it might be. From clock 11, have the rash of injuries affected how the team practices? It just strikes me odd that the linebackers did such a bad job against Auburn. Well, it affects you a little bit because you, it gets in your mind, hey, uh, we got to get our players on the field here. Uh, we, we can't just say, hey, we got injuries. And uh, we, we certainly keep the hammer down and practice fundamentals. Maybe not – I don't know what the – tone of practice was last week i wasn't i don't go to those practices and check that out but uh well they say today's bloody tuesday so well we were talking about last week but uh, i think it's just you have a tendency maybe not to strike them and, and hit them in practice when you're trying to get them you know uh, healthy then, then uh, but sometimes you just bite the bullet and say hey we got to do it to get ready but I don't think it was the physicality that bothered us last week as much as the mental errors, just not being in the right place. I mean, you saw Georgia stone them a lot last week. Uh, just gap control was not there a couple of times. And, uh, but I know this, I slept a lot better Saturday night knowing Bullard was back. I mean, you see the plays that guy makes. When you got he Bullard, was everywhere. I thought he was going to be on like a pitch count. You know, they wasn't going to play. I think he played every snap but one. You got Buller and Starks back there. I mean, nobody in the country got two like that. And they might have one, but – and these corners are going to get better and better just playing with them. And uh, so uh, – and I told you another thing. When the season started, I felt our defense 
had the ability athletically to be better on the back end. We haven't seen a lot of teams throwing the ball. Uh, you know, South Carolina had a great first half, and that Zeno guy. Hey, how about seriously? How about the UAB going there against a team that's supposed to win the AAC, almost beating Tulane? So let's give UAB a little credit for being a better team than what maybe we thought they were. True, true, true. Roddy, I think this is probably the natural time for. Yeah, uh, I want to mention our about. We put in our Athens Ford uh, promo there. Uh, I want to mention the 676 vehicles that they have at Athens Ford right now. If you were looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle, switch, swing by Athens Ford. They got you covered. Uh, we mentioned in the past their mobile truck for doing service. So you're like, okay, well, I don't want to get a new car, new vehicle, but I, you know, like our own Anthony Thatcher, battery died when I started this car. Didn't you know? Battery's dead. I'm like, well, you know what? You're within that 20 mile service uh, area of Athens Ford. We have a truck and come out there and switch out the battery for you, or uh, it off. Uh, you know, you go out and you're like, I got to check engine light. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to drive this somewhere. You know, making it worse. You're within the 20 mile service area of Athens Ford. The mobile truck will come out and they'll pop the thing into it and tell you exactly what's going on. So. Uh, if you're looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle, check out Athens Ford. If you need service done and you're, you're a little hesitant about bringing your car in, you just want to have somebody come out to your house and check it out, also get that done with Athens Ford. Or, heck, you could even sell them your car. You're like, oh, I'm sick of this car or I don't need it. Uh, what would you guys give me for it? Give them the uh, VIN number, tell them some of the condition things, and they will give you a price right there on the spot. It's pretty, uh, pretty fantastic how they do that. Speaking of fantastic customer service, I also want to mention our friends at – uh, dead socksy. They make fantastic socks. They're super comfortable. Uh, I wear the uh, no shows religiously. I wear them all the time. I have the red ones, I have the black ones. Uh, but if you want some that are more colorful that you can actually see, uh, right there on the screen, uh, you see the dead socksy ones. They have the red, black colors, the spotted, the stripes, uh, the the state of Georgia logo with the stripes on it. Uh, the, the colors are fantastic. And again, we always make jokes about them being lucky socks. They are lucky socks, but if you get them or for, get them for someone in your life, they will be very happy because they're just they're just really comfortable. And if you wear socks every day, why not wear great socks? So reach out to Dead Socks use promo code UGA Sports to get twenty five percent off your order at DeadSoxy.com. Love the folks over at Dead Soxy. This question uh, comes Dead from. Socks had to be happy with Ole Miss the other night. Yes, they did. They 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 do the, they do an NIL deal with uh, Dead Sox, and they're trying to do an NIL with Georgia, so they're working on it. That's why we're uh, we're good. Uh, we're very happy for them. But they have an NIL deal with Ole Miss, and Ole Miss knocking off LSU, and I bet they sold a crap ton of them. Tell them to call me; I'll help them with it. <laughs> From Till Dog, we're really missing Tyrion Ingram Dawkins right now. Anyone have an update on his injury status? Yeah, he just provides good depth in there. I think he had an injury where, you know, leg injury where he just going to take time to heal. Uh, I can't really say effectively what I, whether he's going to, when he's going to be back. I really have, I think probably Kirby will address that, but he definitely got a lot of experience and gives you some good uh, firepower inside. Hey, I think you, I mean, you need him. This year, but you definitely need more next year. You're going to have four defensive linemen leave that group up there, and then you're going to be stuck with uh, as he stuck with. You're not going to have a lot of experience on that line. So he and uh, uh, Jefferson and um, uh, Jordan Hall and those guys, they're going to have a lot put on their shoulders next year. 
JJB2424 says, please explain what's not being done with edge containment on the defensive line. Chaz was crashing down regularly, and it's mentioned frequently that this needs to be done, or maybe it's not done. Uh, does Georgia have the young dogs who can step up and fill the void? And if so, who? Yeah, I mean, you know, defense, uh, certainly people on TV, they'll, they'll mention stuff about crashing and all, but they don't really know the the – the real intricacies of why they call the play or what they do. But if you just think about it, no defensive coach is going to take one player and put him one position without putting somebody else there to take advantage of, of why you're crashing the guy. So if, if I'm a defensive end, my outside hand here, and I come down, somebody has got to go outside to protect the outside or somebody on the outside, it's got to, come up and protect that area two times the other day we we came down and then the linebacker didn't get out there quick enough and they outflanked us and then the, a couple of times we had a safety supporting when they ran the edge outside and run and he just outran us we didn't take advantage of uh, the r- proper angle on the pursuit so it, there's different ways to defend the edge one way is just play there and take on the block and keep your inside forearm uh, with the guy and your outside arm free where they can't hook you and you make everybody go back inside you and the pursuit hits and other ways come down hard, scrape off and make them bounce outside where your speed will take care of it. If your linebacker is, is not there when you make them bounce, then what do you got? Nothing. So uh, it's a good question, but for sure, we got one of the best tactical defensive coaches in the history of college football, Kirby Smart. Do you really think he's going to play a guy on a crash technique if he doesn't have somebody protecting the outside area he left? No. Kind of a follow Smart about his question. I'm just saying, it's just you got to have, if you're going to crash the end, we used to call it a blood stunt. So, you know, the blood means he's coming inside hard and somebody's scraping out. If it's double blood, you have the tackle and the end coming out. So you got the tackle lined up in a four-eye, and he's coming inside the tackle, and the end's coming in inside of that, and they're both coming hard. And you can create a real difficult situation if they don't block it perfectly and make them bounce and sometimes get a, a lost yardage play. It takes a lot of guts to call it double blood because if they block it right, then you only got one guy outside to take care of it, and they got a, they got a chance there. But uh, so that's the way we used to do it, and that's what they do. They run usually. There's two ways to run it. You can bring the end down and take the tackle out around him, or you can bring the end down, the tackle play safe, and the linebacker go out. So I don't know what we had called when we got outflanked, but it wasn't good. Follow up from ASU Dog. What body type or size does a player need to be to be a good edge setter? Well, in today's game, because you got so many big old Chilardos playing tackle that can hook you, big guys, you better have enough strength to take on a block. Uh, so, you know, 6'3, 230 minimum, because otherwise they're just going to out leverage and out mash you. Uh, and then, Cut that with good upper body strength, good feet. Uh, so I think uh, you see those guys like Diamond Dozen and the pros because that's what they got to have. They got to have those 
Lawrence Taylor outside linebacker types, defensive guys that can just leverage the tackle and then play outside and rush the passer. That goes back to the last question too, talking about, you know, who are the young guys that could play that outside spot? You brought in three of those in Gabe Harris, Samuel and Pemba, Damon Wilson, those you, you've got them, but at right. the same time, it's like, well, why aren't we playing those guys? And, you know, <laughs> I asked if Kirby, if, uh, you know, uh, Pierce Sperlin or Lawson Lucky were available to play last week. You know, could they, could they have played? Uh, he took the question to mean, like, why didn't they play? I was just asking, were they physically capable? Because he took him on the travel team. I didn't think they were ready, healthy. I was. I should have just said, are they healthy? But he took it uh, a different way and kind of uh, lambasted me. It was funny. I, what are you saying? I got a crack out of it. Uh, but it's the same thing with those guys. It's like, okay, you can put them out there, but if you've got uh, – uh, Auburn running RPOs for, you know, they didn't do it all last week. Uh, they're doing it for the first time now, or they're doing some stuff that you haven't seen before. This, you got a running quarterback that hasn't run it at all. And you put a kid out there in his first couple of games, he's not used to this as his first time playing versus somebody who's seen as much football as Chaz has. Uh, it's, uh, well, we talked about CJ Allen, 33. You know, he got suckered on a player too because he just hasn't seen it yet. He hasn't done it at that speed. And uh, it's easy for the new guy to have a better build. Going back to our question there, he's he's a bigger, faster, stronger player. But if he's going big, fast, and strong in the wrong damn direction, you know, it's not going to help you a whole lot. Yeah, the mental errors sometimes are, are things that uh, really hurt you, uh, you know, your gap control or whatever it is. But you, you got to realize that, that over the course of the game, you got 11 guys out there that have a chance to succeed or fail on every play. And for all 11 of them to have a winning grade on every play, uh, on, on one play, it's very seldom that you do that. I mean, in anything in life, you don't have that. So uh, you, you look at the, the what you got to take with your defense. You, you know, what are we going to get let it, let our guys do and, and live with it as compared to saying, well, you know, we can put another guy in there. He might play sensational but he might go the wrong way or all that so uh in analyzing it and these questions are good you got to look at the total outlook these coaches are basing it on what they feel like the percentage play is with all these guys as a unit how they supplement each other and they're going to have some bad plays i mean that's just that's just the way it goes i mean you can't you can't, and if a guy consistently makes them, then you're going to make a change, even if it's a younger player. Let's tell the folks about academia real quick because I want to come at the end and do rapid fire because we still have a lot of questions left and not a lot of time. Yeah, I'm talking too long. I'll mention your friends at Academia Brewing Company. Hey, if you're coming to uh, Athens this uh, Saturday night to watch the game, uh, if you can't get in the stadium because it's absolutely packed, swing by Academia Brewing Company. Uh, they got fantastic beer out there, great food. Tons of television screens out there. It's not exactly a sports bar. Don't think of it that way. It is a brewing company and a restaurant. Now, if they didn't have a bunch of uh, uh, fantastic beer out there, I would recommend people coming to town. Hey, that's a great restaurant to go to. There's tons of room. There's space. You know, they've got the outside. They got the beer garden. It's October. You know, go out there and enjoy their Oktoberfest beers. Uh, they've got TVs everywhere. They'll have uh, uh, you know the game on. And you don't have to listen to. Uh, serious music playing, you know, the hits of the eighties while trying to read subtitles of what's going on in the game. You'll actually be able to watch the game out there. Uh, but they also, they do have this great, you know, 
uh, beer company there. So I, I would also say, hey, look, go out there, watch the game, try all the different beers they have. Well, it's the best of both worlds. You have a beer company, you know, a brewery and a great restaurant. And then, you know, sometimes it be like, look, you, you don't go to this bar. It's too crowded. Don't go downtown because it's too crowded. You won't have that problem out of that, you know, at uh, Academia Brewing Company. So it's a win, win, win all the way around. Try that the next time you're in town. You'll absolutely love it. Do they have to watch a long show too with it or not? I think they do. I need to double oh, check. They need, they need to if they don't sponsor the show. Um, are we doing one more, Roddy? Or are we good? No, go ahead. All right. Um, let's see here. Coach, uh, what did UGA do schematically different from Texas A&M against Auburn? It seemed like Georgia played four down and two inside backers with a lot of cushion behind them. You're talking about the secondary cushion? Just defensive formation differences Georgia and Texas A&M facing Auburn. I really don't know what what the difference was. I didn't look at it that uh, how much uh, A&M did, but uh, A&M was way ahead most of the game, so they played some different looks. But uh, we, we got four down, we got three down. I mean, we can run all of it, but uh, we, we were we were struggling on getting off the field with the quarterback, key, you know, game. So, but. Essentially, we gave them one in the second half, but they didn't get the one score. So, uh, and a, and they got a field goal too. But Texas uh, A&M got a really good front, man. One of the best money can buy. I mean, look at those guys they got playing in their defensive front. Good lord! From Dogman Two One Five, Coach, can you explain the play where Brock Bowers was called for illegal touching because he was covered up and the receiver on the line of scrimmage is the quarterback responsible for making sure everyone's lined up, or is that the receiver? Well, the quarterback, to a certain extent, if you got time, you look out there and you move him back or move him up. But it's up to the receivers. I mean, you you know your your job is to lead the huddle, know where I'm supposed to line up, and am, am I supposed to be a wide split, a tight split? Am I off the line? Am I on the line? And uh, in this case, we were in a three-by-one situation. Brock was the inside receiver, so he had two guys outside of him. So both of them had to be off the ball because he was on the ball. You got to have seven guys on the line. And uh, so we had a situation where he was on the line and his backside split in was on the line, and we had the uh, five other linemen and uh, so that's seven on the line these two guys had to be off so the widest guy thought we might that bowers might be back off the line so he lined up on the line and that made bowers ineligible when he made that one hand catch bulldog ben asked does this team still have a championship ceiling i keep thinking we'll put it all together but it seems like we may not have i think it's still in doubt to be you know the uh I mean, it's in doubt for a lot of teams. I mean, you look around the country, there's not anybody that, you know, you look at Big Ten, what's going to happen with Penn State? Are they going to knock off Ohio State or Michigan? Uh, you look at USC, Oregon, uh, Washington out there. You look at Oklahoma and Texas. You look at the West. I mean, uh, where are all these teams going to come from? So uh, the big thing for us is just building some continuity and playing together as a team and uh, winning any way you can. But I would say it's more doubtful than, uh, than, than I would want it to be at this point. That's for sure. I'll go more undetermined than doubtful. Well, okay. Use it. Use the thesaurus on it. <laughs> Use the big words. Uh, but go back to last year, this time, time, you know, you've, 
there was the same questions. Like, can Georgia repeat? I don't know. It doesn't look like it. We had the Missouri game right off the bat, right? Right. You know, uh, hell, Kent State wasn't as easy as a lot of people thought. You know, you only scored three points in the second half versus Samford. You know, we're like, oh, they, they're they too many guys to the NFL. There's too many guys to the portal. You can't win it. And hell, two years ago, prior to that, you didn't know if you were going to win it. So it's uh, – and again, it is extremely hard to win it. There's It's, it's it so much easier to take the field than to pick one team and stick with them. But – uh, I think Georgia has as good a chance as anybody else right now. Right. Just, I do feel like, though, we're better right now than we were three weeks ago because of who we got playing now. Oh, yeah. Amen. UJ alum 95, Coach, who worries you more, Kentucky's running back or quarterback? I'd say the running back just because of, uh, you know, what he was able to do yards after the contact and you know, quickness and cutback ability. Quarterback's got a lot of potential, that's for sure. But based on the games they played, the running back. Four more questions, and we have two minutes. So, Blocker right. 57, what do head coaches normally talk about in pregame when they meet in the middle of the field? Unbelievable how bad that is because neither one of you want to say anything. Can you imagine? You're not really worried about anything except your own team, but you got to go out there and act like you're shooting the breeze. Uh you know, it's one of those things where you, 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 you're friends with a guy. Sometimes you're not as friendly with some of the others, but uh, you just never know what a guy's going to say. Just like Steve Spurrier said to me, hey, Jimmy, what do you think about our blue pants today? You think I gave a shit about what they're wearing blue pants or not? So, I mean, it's just the way it goes. Uh, you got different ways to do it, but it, it's very seldom you talk very long and you just say, how's everybody doing, your family, blah, 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 and then let's get back to your team. Go Dogs thirteen seventy one. What does Coach Donnan think of Hugh Freeze as a game day coach? I'm certainly no fan of Freeze going back to the old Miss days, but it does seem like he's someone that has added value in games. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a really good coach. He's got a good plan. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's got a good system. Although I would question his game day, like I said, of not putting Robbie Ashford back in or running that play that hurt us a couple of times up. That would be the way I would second guess that game for him. But uh, other than that, I think he's an excellent game day coach. Moultrie Dog asks, and I think this is in reference to the Ole Miss LSU game. Coach, why don't they take more aggressive measures to stop fans from rushing the field? If the first fine was a million dollars or a, a loss or a home game or something, they may just have to hire enough security to stop it. How do you get more aggressive uh, with that? But then also with teams faking injuries like Auburn did. Well, they're up to 750000 now on the fine, aren't they? I don't even know. Uh, SEC is up. You can't stop them. If they're going to come out, you, you know, you, you can't stop as all those guys coming out of the stands. I mean, and, and they don't pay it. Everybody. I don't know what you do. Uh, and, but that one thing about the, I, I still would like to know what the rule is, what the penalty is, because those were egregious guys falling down Saturday on us. Looked like they were looking for somebody to tell them. So uh, I, I'm going to be over there this week and uh, I think get some treatment. I'm going to ask them what the rule is on that. Final question from Savannah Doggett. Will Coach be on Feinbaum Friday afternoon? Uh, are they coming to town? Uh, he'll be, yes, SEC Nation's coming to Georgia, Kentucky. They'll be at uh, at Myers Quad. I haven't heard from them, but, uh, you, know, you, you know, I used to be on there, but I'm not going to call them up, ask them to put me on there, that's for sure, because uh, anytime you're on, then you're going to have people – challenging why you said this and pissing off people at other places and you know i don't 
I don't enjoy that part. I mean, I don't really read, but people send me, did you hear what he said about you? Or I'm not talking about fine bomb rim. I just like our fans here and the people here get on me just enough that I don't bother me. But uh, I'm a big Kirby Smart supporter. That's why I do all this. But I would tell you, when, when uh, Roddy was bringing up there about the brownies, any of you single ladies that have any brownies want to drop them off by my house or any casseroles, I'll take them. We need to feed coach uh, hashtag on Twitter. I won't get you in trouble with your husband if you're married, but uh, I'm not looking for anything but the brownies. Uh. <laughs> uh, there was one question that we missed from last week. I want to add on here at the end uh, from Jonathan Griffin, who uh, uh, we're all root for Jonathan and his, uh, his issues. For sure. Uh, Coach, he was talking about uh, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson and uh, said, you know, Dumas Johnson last week said he wasn't playing up to his uh, standards. You know, he's uh, having some issues in coverage, uh, sideline to sideline stuff. And uh, Jonathan Griffith says, uh, C.J. Allen looks to be a lot better at these things and still plays the run really well. Do you think C.J. Allen could take uh, Dumas's Johnson position by the end of the season? Well, it's obvious they feel like C.J. brings something to the table. That's why they're putting him in there. And they're basing it on how you play, not what you used to do. So I don't know what the rationale is about who's going to do what and all that. It's not fair to Coach Schumann. But just the fact that he's in those kind of pressure situations shows that they feel like he can add value to our team. Maybe what he can do more than what uh, Dumas Johnson can't. So I think that's a very good analysis by him. That's a good one. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We really appreciate all the questions. We love it, and I hope we have just as many questions next week to go through. Maybe we'll get to them a little bit earlier. I won't uh, parade and prattle on as much. We can get uh, more from Coach. and um, we'll, be, we'll be better stewards of your time next week. And, uh, again, uh, hit me up if you have some brownies for Coach or, or casserole. You'll take a casserole. But uh, let's, uh, let's feed you. Well, I said that, but you were talking about the brownies. I, just made, I mean, I know. I'm just joking, yes. folks. Uh, My wife used to make me some really good brownies, that's for sure. Dane can make some brownies, I'm sure. Done it before. Hey, yeah, I can make some brownies with our buddies from uh, the Rogue Shop. I probably don't need any, that's for sure. But uh, anyhow, uh, uh, there were some really good questions today, well thought out, and appreciate all the fans uh, supporting uh, our different sponsors, too. Yep. Tune in next Tuesday. We will have another show for you. And until then, we'll see you later.